You're listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. Welcome to the Non-Traditional Pharmacist Podcast, part of the Pharmacy Podcast Network. The Non-Traditional Pharmacist provides the pharmacist professional ideas to help you think outside the box. Pharmacy is evolving fast, and this podcast is all about the evolution of the pharmacist role in healthcare. And now, here is the Non-Traditional Pharmacist team, Lynn, Matt, and Nick. Welcome, everyone. Matt Paterini here with the Non-Traditional Pharmacist, part of the Pharmacy Podcast Network. We are on TNP Student Series, another episode with a fabulous, fantastic student, Emily Hanners, from the University of Chicago, Illinois. She's a P1. That's right. She is first-year pharmacy student, so this is going to be great. We're what we try to do here at the, the TNP Student Series is help students decide on the correct career path for them. That could be community practice, that could be residency training, could be any number of different things, but we want to make sure pharmacy students get on the proper career path for them. So without further ado, welcome, Emily. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks. I'm glad to be here. Awesome to have you. And we'll start with our first question. Get right into it. Um, So before starting pharmacy school, my only experience was in retail pharmacy. I was a technician for Rite Aid for years and I teeter-tottered back and forth on med school or pharmacy school. And I decided that pharmacy school was more what my passions lied with. I really liked the molecular sciences side of things instead of the whole like overall physiology side of medicine. Um, But since getting into pharmacy school, um, I know I'm only through my first year, but I have a really strong interest in compounding and um, I, that's what I see my future in. I really haven't had enough clinical experience to really make a judgment call there. We had one week of rotations last semester where I was in the medical ICU. Um, It wasn't my favorite, but I really enjoy compounding labs. That's so interesting. It's great to hear, you know, we hear from different students and different pharmacists for that matter, the wide ranging interest in pharmacy. And you're so early in your education that it's a, such a great time to be having these thoughts, asking yourselves these questions for what type of career it is that you want to pursue. And I'd be curious as for our next question to get your take on pharmacy education. So kind of the traditional setting of, of pharmacy education, and pharmacy school, what do you think is potentially missing from traditional pharmacy training in helping narrow down a career path? Um, I think that pharmacy school does a great job of incorporating rotations in pretty much every field of pharmacy that you can go into, or at least offering rotations in them. But I do think for the people that do want to go into retail or community pharmacies, even hospital has to deal with insurances. I think that there needs to be a lot more insurance education because I know speaking on my own experiences in retail pharmacy, you deal with insurance problems every day and you're not trained for these things in pharmacy school and you have no idea how to fix them. It's really just a bunch of trial and error until you get it right and then you know how to do it. But I think that it would be worthwhile to take a class on this stuff or at least have it offered as an elective or something. That's a great point. And there's a few areas like that in the field of pharmacy and pharmacy education that there could be better, maybe more in-depth, maybe more practical training and education on. 
Uh, but what's your approach? I love what you're doing with uh, going out and, and, and seeing independent compounding pharmacies, taking that upon yourself. That is so important, having that initiative and doing that now rather than later to rule out yes or no, is this a career option for me? So aside from some of those things, what are you doing to plan for your career after graduation? Yeah. So because I mentioned that beforehand, I just wanted to reiterate. So today I just decided that I wanted to take my CV and go to the compounding pharmacy, the only compounding pharmacy that I know of in my area. And I just simply walked in and I asked to see the pharmacist and I explained that, you know, I'm, I'm just a P1, but I'm really interested in compounding and I want to learn more about it. I don't know anything about it besides compounding lab. And I wanted to see really what it's like in the real world. And so they took my CV and I had an onsite interview that time. So I think networking and just putting yourself out there will take you farther than you could ever imagine. And um, besides networking and just being confident and being able to talk to people and communicate, I think that, you know, keeping up with your grades. Um, I do have an e-board position. I was P1 liaison for the CDEC, which is Community Drug Education Committee. So we go to inner city schools in Chicago and we'll do um, brief information sessions like on nutrition or STD awareness or opioid crisis, et cetera. So just getting some volunteer work on my resume. And then I also have my intern position at Rite Aid. And then this summer I was accepted to go to APHA's uh, Substance Abuse Disorder Conference. So I think that'll be another really big learning experience for me and also another thing to add to my resume to help plan for after graduation and also see if substance abuse is something that I am interested in in going into a career. So Those are all awesome, awesome, awesome activities. The one obviously that I think and, and I think we can say from personal experience that is the most impactful is that personal networking, whether it's calling people, uh, reaching out via social media, uh, email, whatever it may be, or through student organizations too. That's also a, a fantastic avenue to make connections uh, and build those relationships. But the networking piece is so, is so critical, not only for your own learning, but making the personal connections in certain industries. That, that, that's fantastic. Uh, how do you see your pharmacy career? Let's shift a little bit because we'll talk, we talk about the pharmacy career and it's all about the career. But how do you see the career itself affecting and helping you achieve what you want in your personal life? So this is a little bit more on your personal goals and how pharmacy is going to help achieve that. So as I mentioned before, I was really teetering back and forth on medical school versus pharmacy school. And I think the curriculum for both and the job for both would have been great for me. Um, it really wasn't a decision between the two with that in mind, it was more so the family life that either one could have given me. And I think that pharmacy is a great career for those who aren't willing to give up having a family at home and also, you know, at the same time, having job security, having a great salary. And also for me, I think that pharmacy presents you with a challenge every day. And that mental fulfillment is something I know I'm going to need in life after going to school for my whole life, basically, I'm not going to be okay with having a job that doesn't mentally stimulate me. Um, so 
just knowing myself, I know that I needed to choose something that was going to be hard and I had to work at every day. So it sounds like the decision and some of the things that you think about are not necessarily pharmacy specific. It's kind of personal reflection. What do you want from your personal life? Maybe it's a family, maybe it's, you know, some free time, vacation time. All of that is so important as you evaluate certain career paths. It's not just about the title or the position or even honestly the work that's being done in that position. Of course, that's a piece of the, the component of everything, um, but it's not the whole package. So that's, it's great that you're having those internal reflections now rather than later. Where do you see the profession of pharmacy moving in the future? I know as a P1, big question, where do you see the uh, profession of pharmacy heading? Before we get into that, let's have a word from our sponsors. Good morning. This is Ken Sternfeld, and I am a concierge pharmacist. This is the Pharmacy Podcast Network's STAT consultation. I've been using TheraWorks Relief because it has been part of my daily routine to help me prevent muscle cramps and spasms, and I've been using it for fast-acting relief. When you use it twice a day, in the morning and before bedtime, it will prevent nighttime muscle cramps and spasms, or if you use it three times daily, if you are ever experiencing cramps and those spasms during the day. As soon as you feel a muscle cramp or spasm coming on, use TheraWorks Relief to quickly release muscle tightness and reduce the soreness afterwards. Go to www.theraworksrelief, T-H-E-R-A-W-O-R-X, relief.com. This is Ken Sternfeld, the concierge pharmacist. This was my favorite question. Um, so right now I'm in a class, it's Pharmacy U.S. Healthcare, and we're learning a lot about the history of pharmacy and how pharmacists and MDs used to be a really collaborative team, and now we're drifting away because pharmacists are gaining so much more uh, autonomy, and we're able to do things that we weren't able to in the past. And I think that it's causing a big ridge and a ripple in healthcare, but I also think that in the next few years, I think that all of us health professionals are going to realize that um, a collaborative team is the best approach to healthcare, and that is the best way to take care of a patient. We all have our specialties. Um, I think that an MD can bring a lot to the table, but I think that a pharmacist can bring a lot to the table as well. And I think with increased knowledge to the public um, that pharmacy is now a doctorate degree, and we're almost always residency trained, especially if you're seeing us in a clinical setting or etc. I don't really think it's the public's fault that they don't know really what we do because our profession changed in 2006. And I, you know, a lot of my family members will ask me like, oh, why didn't you go to be a doctor? And I'm like, I am going to be a doctor. Like this is a doctorate degree. We study these medications thoroughly, but we're not just studying medication. We're just, we're studying disease states and signs and symptoms of them, how to initiate therapy, how to titrate therapy. And I just don't think that everyone knows that, but I think that they will eventually as you start seeing ambulatory care pharmacists more often, um, as retail pharmacies changing quite a bit too, and they're starting to offer clinical resources as well. So I think that we're going to have more clinical responsibility in our hands, which I think is fair and we deserve that because we work very hard and study just as hard as any other health professional. 
but I don't think that we've ever been given the right to use our knowledge and we should. Very, very, very well said, Emily. Thank you for the insight as a student, as a P1 student. Appreciate your time. I know you're very busy. Uh, please, everyone watching this uh, episode, share the post, like, comment, reach out to me at the Non-Traditional Pharmacist. We'll be put in contact with Emily. Uh, be sure to catch up on our next episode of the Non-Traditional Pharmacist student series, all about getting pharmacy students or helping pharmacy students land in a career path that works and is fulfilling for them. Until next time, I'm Matt Paterini with the Non-Traditional Pharmacist. Thank you so much for listening. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Non-Traditional Pharmacist. Be sure to share this podcast with your work associates, your professional network, and remember, always be thinking outside the pillbox.